everybody. Welcome to church. So you guys can be seated. Thanks for having Joe and myself over the last couple of days. Um, just been such a cool time hanging out with some of you and Joe shared this morning. Thanks, Josiah. Um, just been awesome. And what I love, thank you, about um, coming up here, Joe and myself are usually based in Auckland. Um, but what I love about coming up to the different or coming down to the different churches down um, is that you see what God's doing across New Zealand and it makes you realize that what, we, what we're doing and what we're about is bigger than just ourselves, it's bigger than just a select group of people, but up and down the nation, God is moving and God is setting people free and God is, thank you, God is saving people and um, I'm just, so I, I just think it's awesome to be a part of that, that you're a part of a church that across New Zealand is seeing people come to know Him, um, you know, seeing things built and established and God is so, so faithful no matter where you are. So, Thank you for having us and being so welcoming. I actually don't think I've ever preached in the Queenstown Church before. Um, I've been here a few times, um, and I thought I'd just, um, into, by way of introduction, show you a picture of our family that I think we have, if Marcus is doing the dance at the back, he says you're doing crazy. Ah, there they are. Um, so that's our four children, and Joe and myself are the parents. And then um, there's another photo of just the kids. There they are. And they're wanting a puppy at the moment, so pray for us. They're desperate for a puppy. They're writing Joe letters literally every day. So maybe next time you, we see you, yeah, and Joe was watching Marley and Me last night, and have you seen the movie Marley and Me? It's all about a family who gets a dog. And uh, anyway, Joe is crying, I think. Um, so next time you see us and we show a photo, there might just be a dog in that photo as well. Um, but yeah, we've just um, had a great time here in Queenstown for the last few days. And like I say, Joe preached this morning. And, and I've got a word that I believe God's put in my heart, especially for tonight. I was actually thinking of preaching on something different. And as I was praying about the service tonight, God prompted me to speak on the topic or, or bring the word tonight of seek first, the word seek first. And it's probably the sort of, um, along the line, you know, similar line of, of thought that most of you would have heard a sermon preached along these lines before. Um, but I really just felt that tonight would be a good time to remind us all around what are we seeking? And every single person, no matter, you know, whether you're from church culture or not, whether you've, you know, grown up in church or wherever you find yourself, everybody's seeking something. Pastor Peter always says that everybody's worshiping something or someone or, you know, there's every person. It's on the inside of every single person that God has created to be seeking something and to be worshiping some, something. Or so. We've got it on the inside of us. And, and the question I want to ask tonight is, what are you seeking? To remind myself, what am I seeking? What are our lives about? What is, when it comes down to when you had to put it down to what you really, your, your life, the, the bottom line of what your life is, would you be able to say that you are seeking God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind? Are you loving the Lord your God with every part of who you are? Or when it really comes down to it, are we seeking a whole lot of other things? So the question I wanna ask you is, what are you seeking? And to encourage you tonight to seek first. So I've entitled my sermon, Seek First. We serve a seeking God and there's a bunch of stories in the Bible that talk about God seeking us out. There's the story of the, um, the lady who had a bunch of gold coins and she lost one of them and she swept the whole house and searched until she found that one lost coin. And there's a story of a shepherd who had, 90, had 100 sheep and he was looking after these 100 sheep and one of them wandered off and he left the 99 and went searching 
for that one sheep that wandered off. We serve a, a seeking God who sought us out, who, who, who out of, he grabbed hold of us. The Bible says He rescued us unharmed from the battles that were raged against us. So many, our lives could have gone in so many other directions, but God intervened and praised God for His goodness and His grace. He directed us on another path. We serve a seeking God. The, the Bible describes Jesus. He says, the Son of Man in Luke 19 came to seek and to save the lost. He came to seek you and I out and He saved us, praise God. Through relationship with Jesus Christ, we can have, uh, um, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship with our God. He is a seeking God who came to seek and to save the lost. That's you and I. Because of Christ, we can have relationship with God. But at the same time, once God saved us, we become a part of the family of God. We we begin to grow in our relationship of Him. And then God puts the onus of us in, on us and He says, you need to begin to seek me. And so what you seek drives your life. It drives the way you make your decisions. It drives the way you live. It directs your path. Whatever you're seeking is gonna be the driving factor, the motivation behind where you're taking. And what you're seeking determines your decisions which ultimately determines the direction of your life. You'll go in the direction of whatever it is that you're seeking. People will spend their lives seeking all sorts of things. You've heard of people saying, I'm just going to find myself. And it's a really sort of common catchphrase for, um, for people. They, they go out and they spend time with just themselves and they soul search. And, and if I found anything that comes from that, because you try all sorts of things in the, you know, the course of life, and, and I found that there's nothing that satisfies whether you're searching after people, whether you're searching after relationships, whether you're searching after yourself, whatever it is that you're searching for in this life, I can, I can tell you that there's nothing that satisfies the human soul other than a relationship with Christ. So Psalm 34 verse 10 says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Psalm 63 verse one says, You God are my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. Psalm 34 verse four says, I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Psalm nine verse 10 says, Those who know you trust in your name. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 105 verse four says, Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek his face always. God tells us very clearly that what our lives as Christians need about be about is seeking God. And I think sometimes we can fall into the trap, especially as we've been around church culture for a while, or maybe we've grown up in church, and we can fall into the trap of thinking that just because we come here on a Sunday, or just because we profess Christ, that it means that our lives are actually deliberately seeking Him. But what I want to encourage you in today and my prayer for this, this evening and is that you and I would leave this place knowing that our hearts not only need to be set upon seeking God, but our decisions need to line up with seeking Him. Where we are going needs to line up with seeking Him. Every part of who we are needs to represent the fact that we are seeking is seeking God. So let me pray. Father, I thank You tonight for Your Word and I thank You, Father. Your Word tells us so clearly to seek You, Father. And so I ask right now in the name of Jesus that all across this place, Father, our hearts would be stirred in a desire, Father, to seek You and to know You more, Father. I ask, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that You would move across this place and encourage us, 
that you would build faith within us, Father, that we would leave this place encouraged and just so, um, just again enamored, Lord, with who you are, the God that we can seek and the God that we can know. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we are asked in Scripture and told in Scripture to live a life that seeks Christ. And so I want to um, read another Scripture, which is found in Matthew 33. And um, it's a, a bit of a passage of Scripture, but I hope by the end of it, um, it'll give some context to some of the other things that God, that people try to seek after and God's command that comes out of that um, on what our focus in this life really should be. So this is Jesus speaking, and He's speaking to a group of people. And He says in verse, uh, it's found in Matthew 33, verse 19, Sorry, Matthew 6, sorry. Verse, um, so it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It goes on in verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money goes on in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, or reap, or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you much, not much more valuable than they? Can one of you, any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this then is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, but your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So that scripture paints a picture, and God is, Jesus is talking directly to people, and He says there's a lot of things you could be worrying about in your life. There's a lot of things you could be seeking in your life. Some people seek after money and wealth and riches, it says, do not store up for yourself treasure on earth where things can destroy that. Some people store, uh, seek after, um, it says, clothes or what you're eating or drinking. In the passages before that, it talks about um, the doing things for the approval of people. People search for all sorts of things in this world. But then it goes on to say, seek first the kingdom of heaven, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you as well. By discovering the hidden truths, the higher riches, we find provision for the temporary needs. When the Bible talks about seek, if you translate that, what it, what it basically means is running after or searching for. If you look at the very definition of what that word seek for, it means attempt or desire to obtain or achieve something. So God is saying with everything within you, seek to obtain the kingdom of heaven Seek after me, and then all those things that other people usually worry about will line up and fall into place if you come under the seeking first of the kingdom of God and allows you to have access to the storehouse of heaven. So I find it interesting that the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. 
And I was thinking a bit about what it means for the kingdom of God. And I think us in our Western world sometimes struggle a bit when it comes to things like kingdoms, because we live in a democracy where everybody can have an opinion. And I'm glad for that. We live in a place where, um, you know, there's, everybody has a different perspective on how things should be done. But in a kingdom, anybody who's lived in a kingdom before would know that a kingdom, the king is the ultimate authority. What he says about things is the ultimate, that's where things uh, begin and end with what the king says. Everything is under the king's domain. That means he's the ruler of everything. The king is the one who makes the rule. In the kingdom, whatever is under the king's domain belongs to the king. There's a difference on how we need to start living our life if we're living with the king, Jesus, as the Lord of our lives. You see, there comes a point when we make a decision to follow Christ that we then have to look at the way we're living our lives and think, okay, is this lining up? Is my life really brought under the king's authority, the king's domain, so that he is the ruler over the, every aspect of my life? And so I know for myself personally, when I first came to know Christ, I then had to make decisions around the way I was gonna live my life so that every aspect of my life was brought under the king's domain. I began to do my relationships differently. I looked at what the Word of God said about my relationships and I thought, okay, well, if I want this to be brought under the kingdom of heaven, then I need to live my life a little bit differently and I changed some things. I looked at the way I was thinking and I went back to the Word of God around my thinking and I thought, okay, if I want my thinking to line up with the Word of God, then I need to make sure I'm, I'm reading what the Word of God says and applying that to my life. And so I brought my thinking under the kingdom of God with things like finances and I mentioned relationships, but that could apply to your marriage and the way you raise, we raise our children and just every aspect of our lives, looking at what the Bible says about it as the ultimate king, the king over the kingdom of God and thinking, okay, well, if I want access to what the kingdom of God says I can have, then let me make sure that every part of who I am is lining up. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God in every aspect of my life. It's lining up with what God says in His Word. And it's funny, people have a warped perspective, I think in our Western world especially, that when you, try and, when you bring your life under the kingdom of God, that it limits you. You think you lose your rights. You think that it's, it's gonna stop certain, uh, certain things that you think you could have in the natural. But actually, it brings freedom. When you live under the king's domain, the moment something's under your domain, it means it's your, responsible, your responsibility to provide for that and your responsibility to make sure it all works out. But when you bring something under the king's domain, the king of heaven, it means that it becomes his responsibility. And so automatically things like finances, for example, as you bring that and submit that and do things God's way, it means that you then don't have to worry about those things you would previously have to worry about because you know that you've got access to the riches of heaven. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is the one who's taking care of that area of your life. It's brought under the king's domain. When you look at your relationships and you bring your relationships under the king's domain, the kingdom way of doing things, and you look at what the Bible says, the ultimate authority for how we should live our lives, and you begin to do things God's way, then it means you can take things to God in prayer and say, God, your word says this, I've done what you've asked me to do, and now I stand in faith, and you can have access to the blessings that come from the kingdom of heaven because you've done things according to the word of God. It says in Psalm 119 verse 45, I will walk around about in freedom, for I've sought out your precepts. As we look at what the Word of God says about the way we should live our life, it allows us to access the freedom that God says we can have for those different areas of our lives. So I want to encourage you tonight, and 
sometimes it's just a really good reminder is what are you seeking? Are we seeking to bring our lives under the kingdom of heaven? Are we seeking first the kingdom of God? Or are we running after all those other things that can so easily consume our time and our attention? Or are we deliberately seeking first the kingdom of God in every aspect of our lives? Is it the kingdom of God, the word of God that's directing the way we think, that's directing the way we make decisions in our lives? We've got to bring it back just simply to what the word of God says. The second part that I get so inspired on when I think about seeking God is just the awesome God that we serve. And so for me, there's the one element of making sure that, of seeking first the kingdom of God and looking at what this kingdom of God is and aligning my life with what the kingdom of God says about, uh, what the word of God says about my life and seeking first his kingdom. But the second part that I think is also just as challenging is seeking God for who He is and how awesome He is just because He's God. And I think sometimes we struggle and and certain, um, I know in the past there's been challenges for myself where I, I know that I need to seek God, but at times we can struggle to do that because we don't always trust that what God has for us is better than what we can have in our own strength. But I want to encourage you that the God we serve is so wonderful. And my prayer tonight as we leave this time of um, just discussing and talking about God's Word is that you would leave with just a fresh revelation of how awesome our God is, of how much He deserves all of our seeking, of how much He deserves your attention, and how by seeking Him, you can never come out second best by choosing to seek Him. Philippians 3 verse 8 says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage that I could gain Christ. Romans 11 verse 33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge, how impossible it is for us to understand His decisions and His ways. Psalm 119, You are good and do only good. Teach me your decrees. The God we serve is so wonderful and so amazing. And if you've been one of those people who've had the privilege, we had the privilege tonight of being led into His presence in worship. And and the Bible says you come into His gates with thanksgiving and you enter His courts with praise. And once you've experienced the goodness of our God and, and you get a glimpse of His goodness towards you, there's nothing like that. There's nothing in all the world that can compare to come into the presence of the very God Himself who created us, who desires to know us. The Bible says that we can seek God and we can find Him. How, what, a, what a thought that we can, as hu, mere human beings, can seek God Almighty and we can find Him, that, that as we search for Him, there's elements of God that you may, not even, you may have walked with God for years, but there's still elements about Him that, that you can find out about Him and that you can search out. There is this infinite amount of wisdom and wealth and, and, and this awesomeness of this God that we serve, that we can still all our lives be searching for Him and still all our lives be finding out more about Him. There's nothing in this world that compares to searching out and seeking God. And and sometimes that comes with a cost. And to have that revelation that Paul had as he was writing that, where he says, I count everything else in this world as garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That meant that even though there's a cost that comes with seeking God, putting aside some old things and leaving behind some things or making decisions to, to accommodate, 
and work our lives in such a way that is focused on seeking God. There's nothing in this world that can compare to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. In fact, Paul goes on to say, for his sake, he's, he's disregarded everything. He, he pushes on to achieve that, that Christ, uh, to, to gain that which Christ Jesus purchased for him. Hebrews 11 verse six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. We serve a good, good God. His plans for your life are good. The Bible says he has good things for your life, plans to give you a hope and a future. He himself is good. And I said it earlier, I think sometimes what stops people from really pursuing God with every part of their life because it is a decision to leave some things behind and to press on for all that God has for us. It's because sometimes we don't actually trust that what He has for us is better than what we could do in our own strength. We think, I could make this work in my own strength or, or I could try and get this relationship happening in my own strength or, or I'm not quite sure if you really do have a good plan and a purpose for my life and so I'm just gonna keep this happening over here rather than actually trusting that as we seek God, as we line our lives up to His Word, as we align our desires up to His Word, as we seek first the Kingdom of God in every aspect of our lives, as we search to know God in a greater capacity, God, show me more of who You are, show me um, new elements of who you are. Let me see some more of your greatness. Let me see more miracles in my lifetime. Let me have a, a, a greater level of knowledge of you as we search and seek for God. Sometimes we don't really trust that what God has for us is better than what we could have in our own strength. And there's parts of our heart that keep just going back to, well, maybe if I just did it this way that it would end up okay. But actually God says that if you seek first my kingdom, if you search for me, if you search for me, you will find me and that I am the rewarder we serve a God who is the great rewarder and He is the rewarder of those who do diligently seek Him. The reason I, I was so stirred to preach this is I had a moment where this really, really hit home for me when I was probably around 20 years old. And my story is I grew up in a Christian home. I've got great parents. Some of you have met them actually. They are elders in the church, um, Pastor Graham and Pastor Kim. And um, they're awesome. And I grew up in their home and I, you know, went through, came to New Zealand when I was 15 years old, started coming to City Impact the day after we arrived in New Zealand. I think it was the day after, maybe a couple of days. I was jet lagged. Um, but came to New Zealand, uh, came to City Impact Church and went, you know, served God. I really did, you know, really loved God. I would read His Word. But there were certain things in my life that I thought I could try and make this work in my own strength. I thought I'd, I really wanted certain things. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll try and do this in my own strength. And this part of my life I'd give to God. I still come to church every Sunday. I, you know, no problem with being generous. I understood kingdom principles. We talk a bit about that here at City Impact Church, just ways that the Bible says to do things. And, and um, so I'd, I'd put different things into practice in my life. But there came a point, and it wasn't, I'd say, because of anything big happening in my life at the time, but it was sort of a defining moment. And if I could pinpoint maybe three or four defining moments, it wasn't necessarily the big, the times that I got prayed for at the altar or wasn't necessarily the times that I had huge visions of God, but it, it really came down to simple decisions that really changed, the, changed the, the direction that my life was going. And this was one of them where I said, 
God, I understand your word says that you'll bless me if I seek you. I understand your word says that you are the rewarder of those who do diligently seek you. I know there's promises in your word, but I'm choosing today to seek you with everything, with who I am and the way I live my life, the decisions I make, I'll seek first the kingdom of God. But I'll also seek to know you with every part of who I am and, and I'll seek to search for you and I'll lay some things aside and the way I thought was the best way to do things, I'm willing to lay that down on the altar and I had this moment where I said, God, I'm really choosing not just to seek you, but to seek first the kingdom of God. And whether that costs me my friendships, whether that costs me my set way of doing things, whether that costs me my old routines and my habits, whether that means I've got to get out and serve on a Sunday morning when I don't feel like it, whether that, that whatever that looks like, whether it means I get up earlier to pray, which I did, whether it means I, I you know, choose not to go to certain places and I spend time in the presence of God, I say, God, no matter what the cost, I'm choosing in this moment to really seek first the kingdom of God. And it's funny because sometimes the most important moments in our lives aren't necessarily when there's fire falling from heaven or, you know, there's these huge visions and those moments are awesome and praise God for those. But it actually, for me, this was just a simple decision in my heart that literally changed the direction of where things were going. And I said to God that day, I said, God, if I gain nothing from this, aside from just knowing who you are, aside from just seeing another glimpse of your glory, if I gain nothing in this world in the material sense, if I, if I give up everything, but I just see Christ and I see another element of His greatness and His beauty and His glory, then that for me in this life is enough. If I gain nothing else from what I give to you Sunday after Sunday, you said you're the, you're the rewarder and I believe that in faith. I come here knowing that God is the rewarder. But even if there was no reward, I'm not gonna stop serving you. Even if I never see my prayers answered on this side of glory, I'm not gonna stop praying. Even if I never feel the goosebumps and praise and worship, I'm not gonna stop praising because I believe with all my heart that He is worth my pursuing, that He's worth my seeking forth. And that moment for me changed everything. My motives began to change. My thinking began to change. The reason I was doing things began to change. It was simply because I wanna search and I wanna find you. And praise God, His promise and His Word is as we seek for Him, we will find Him. He is the rewarder of those who do diligently seek Him. And sometimes the reward we're looking for might be in all the material things, but even if that reward is simply just seeing another element of how great our God is, is seeing another element of His riches and His glory, then I'm satisfied with that being more than enough because I count everything else in this world as garbage. And think about that, every riches and all the, the wonderful things that you could attain in this world, Paul says, I count that as garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord, just to know Him is enough. Even if there was no promise of heaven on the other side of our knowing Him and just knowing Him and Him walking through life with us and having peace in every season and every storm, even if there was no promise outside of that, but just knowing Him, a God, a God that we can seek and can be known, that to me was more than enough in that moment. And so I encourage you today that yes, the Bible says there's so many wonderful promises stored up for us in our Word as we align our lives with His Word and we seek out His counsel through His Word for what he, how He wants us to live, seeking first the Kingdom of God and different elements and aspects of our lives and every aspect of our life. But also I wanna encourage you tonight that 
Yes, there's blessings, but even if we search God just to know Him, that nothing else, all those other things are great, but actually knowing Him and seeking Him is enough, then I encourage you, then you've made a good decision. And I felt to share that word tonight. Like I said, there was something else I was going to share and I believe it would have blessed you and I'm sure it would have been good. But I really felt that tonight God wanted to ask the question of all of us is what are we seeking? Because you'll move in the direction of whatever it is that you're seeking. And you can hide it behind a lot of different things at church. You can, you know, hide it behind a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, God knows. And so I want to encourage you tonight. Maybe it's a night where we just need to bring our hearts before God again and say, God, I'm seeking you tonight. Not because of what you're going to give me. Not, yes, you're the rewarder, but even if there's no reward, I seek you just because of who you are. He's worthy and He's good. And once you get a taste of His goodness and His grace, there's nothing else in this world that can compare. He's a faithful God. I was reminded of that Scripture, that story, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I'm sure most of you who've been around church for a while might know it. But basically in a nutshell, it was the story of three boys who were taken as slaves. And because they wouldn't bow down to the God of the day, to the king, he made a statue, the king made a literal statue and said everybody had to bow down and worship the statue. And the king said, if you don't, you're gonna be thrown into a fiery furnace. So basically the consequence for not doing what the king of the day said was death. And his response, the the three Hebrew boys' response was, three young men, they said, we know our God is able to save us. But even if He doesn't, it's not gonna change the way I'm choosing to live my life. And I know sometimes the benefits of what we think Christianity will offer and the Bible says we can have, so praise God for that, directs our decisions and we think, oh, I'm gonna do it because I want all this stuff over here. But actually, even if you get none of that, just because He's God, just because He died on the cross to know you and to seek you and to find you, that should be enough for us that we're gonna lift our hands and worship, not because we just wanna feel the goosebumps and and have the funny feeling, you know, the, the awesome feeling. Yes, that comes and praise God for that. But but the fact that He's God is enough for us to lift our hands and worship. The fact that He's God is, is enough for us to trust Him. He's bigger than any situation you're facing and He's faithful in every season. Joe spoke about it this morning, the same yesterday, today and forever. He's a faithful, faithful God. I'd love it if you'd bow your head and close your eyes for a moment as we finish off in prayer. And I'd love to just in these final moments that we get to spend together, just ask the question, maybe you've come here this evening and you know you don't have a relationship with God. The Bible says very clearly that the only way you can have a relationship with God is by confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died and rose again so that you could come into right standing with God and have all the wrong things you've done forgiven. And you can stand before God as though you had never sinned because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice, He paid the penalty, He paid the consequence for your sin so that you could come into relationship with a God who loves you, who's been seeking you out. 
You may have thought you just came to church by accident. You just stumbled into the building. Maybe somebody invited you, but God had you put in this place tonight because He loves you. He's a seeking God who desires to know you and to be a part of your world. And so if that's you tonight and you came in and you said, yes, I need a relationship with God. I want all the wrong things I've done forgiven. I desire to know God and to have Him as a part of my life. You wanna serve Him? Then why don't you just very quickly just lift up your hand. And what that, yeah, that's awesome. That's so great. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. That's so cool. See anybody else in this place and you say, yes, that's me. You know you haven't been walking with God, maybe professed to be a Christian, but you haven't actually been walking that out and believing that in your heart. Then just very quickly throw your hand up and I'll see your hand and I'll pray with you. Father, I just thank You for every person that's in this place. And God, we thank You that Your Word says that if we seek You, we'll find You. What a promise, God. We can find You. We can know You. We can see more glimpses of who You are. What a privilege, Father, to worship You and to seek You. And so tonight, Father, we come before You and I just ask that all across this place, Father, that as we seek You, that You would show people another glimpse of who You are, that You would stir hearts with a fresh faith, that You would give people a fresh revelation of how much You love them and the good plans that You have for for their lives, Father. I ask You for it in the Name of Jesus. As I was preaching earlier, just while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, one of the things I said was sometimes we don't choose to seek God with everything because we don't always trust Him. And sometimes that lack of trust comes from our own experiences or somebody else's experiences where you've been hurt before and so you feel like, oh, can I trust again? Or or maybe that's because you don't actually know the character of God. And I wanna encourage you today, faithfulness isn't something God does, it's who He is. Good isn't something that God just does. It's, it's an aspect of who He is. He's good and the things He has for you is good and you can trust Him that as you seek Him, that He has way better things in store than you could ever muster up in your own strength. He's a good, good God. And the things He has spoken over your life are good. And the plans He has for you are for good. The promises, the things He spoke over every single one of us in this place are good things. And so sometimes our hesitation to seek God with everything and to really give Him our whole lives comes from a place of distrust in God's character. And so maybe as I'm speaking that, you think, yes, that's me and I I need to align my thinking with what the Bible actually says about who God is. Then tonight's a great night to do that. Or maybe you're here and you just think, God, I wanna just seek you and to know you just for who you are. He's worthy. And as you seek Him, I believe you'll find Him and you'll see another element of His goodness and His grace and, and be encouraged today about the awesomeness of our God. So why don't we all stand?